as you all now know, my name is Dave, uh, but not many of you will know that one of my favorite hobbies, or my occasional hobbies, is to enter competitions. Uh, we're not talking mastermind, we're not talking eggheads, we're not even talking pointless. We are talking those wonderful online competitions where you type your name in the box, you take the terms and conditions, and you click the button at the bottom, and you wait to see if you've won. I've actually done quite well at this over the years. Um, over the years, I've won Lego models on two separate occasions. I've won a football. I've won some LED color-changing stars. Uh, but I uh, know, yeah. <laughs> Here's what you could have won. Um, but the two best prizes that I've ever won are um, some years ago now, as it happens. The first one was a while ago. And I think for this one, I emailed in. Um, and on this website, send your address, to this, uh, send your answer to this email address. I answered the question, got a phone call saying, congratulations, you've won. I then had to break the, fact that the news that I'd won to the family, because what I won was family tickets to the Star Trek exhibition in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> and there we are on the bridge of the Enterprise, September 2017. It was awesome. Um, it was really, really good. Um, it wasn't the best, best prize we ever won, but as you can see, I took, dragged, took, <laughs> took the family along, and we had a, oh, I had a great time. The best prize we ever won was a competition that Ben and I had to enter together. This was during lockdown, and this was on Facebook, um, and it was the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. Um, what you had to do, um, the qualification for this one was a little hard. It wasn't just name, address, click the button. It was you had to send in a photograph of you enjoying watching The Empire Strikes Back. And it was quite a tight timeline, and it was quite strict that this is what you had to do. Not many people entered. I can't think why. Um, but we did, and here's our entrance photo that Ben and I had watching The Empire Strikes Back. That's Darth Vader delivering the line, I am your father, and there's me and Ben doing our thing with our lockdown haircuts. We won, and the prize was immense. We, it came in this big box. We, it contained um, some colour po posters, a mug, a T-shirt, an action figure, uh, a film poster from Rogue One signed by Spencer Wilding, who played Darth Vader. You see what I'm saying? It, it was worth it. Having said all that, I'm now going to take a very sharp 90-degree turn and talk about Psalm 91. And I'm going to frame it as if it were a little bit like a competition entry where you have to qualify in order to gain the prize. Let's kick off Psalm 91. We'll start with verse 1 at the beginning. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If this was a competition, that would be the headline. If you can dwell in the secret place of the Most High, you will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And that smashes any Star Trek or Star Wars prize out of the water. Because if you're dwelling... In, sorry, abiding in the shadow of the Almighty, you're in a very, very, very safe place. My shadow, there it is today, extends about three, four, five foot away from where I'm standing, and each of my children at various times has gone and found Daddy's shadow. Right there, whether it's to protect them from the rain, or the wind, or the hot sun, or the local playground hooligan, whatever it might be, they know if they are standing here, they are very, very safe. No one can come within my arm's length. If you're standing in the shadow of the Almighty and you know about his arm's length, you are so safe. So the question is, how do you qualify? How do you take your photo? How do you submit your name? I'm so glad you asked. Let's have a look at verse 2 because I think, the way I read this, verse 2 is the clicking of the terms and conditions 
on the competition. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. This is not the part where you put your name in the box. You do not say, I will say of me, I will trust in me. I will trust in my capability. I will trust in my money, my technology, my, my wherewithal, my qualifications and skills. You have to put him in his, in his place in this sentence. And you go at the start. I, I, David Lees, will say of the Lord, and so on. And you have to say it. I know it says there, I will say of the Lord, but the words have got to come out of your mouth. You have got to take the box. You have got to say, I accept the terms and conditions. You can't just say, hmm, okay, and you think it through and it's fine. Why? Good question. Because it's a secret place. And the secret place means you are not going to get there on brain power alone. You are not going to deduce it, calculate it, think it through, work it out in your head. It comes from your mouth and your heart. In him, I will trust. And trust is something you do with your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding, Proverbs 3. So you are saying to your heart. You're not saying it to God. It doesn't say, I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge. It says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. You have to tell yourself. It has to go from here into here. Because as the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks, and there's like a feedback cycle that you have to tell your heart what to do. It listens to what you tell it, and you have to tell it good things. And above all, guard your heart. So that is how you qualify. If you qualify, if you do, if you can do that and find the secret place, dwell in the shelter of the Most High God, then, verse 3, please. Surely, that's a good word, he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That's the, uh, just to be clear, that's the original version, the original meaning of the word surely, meaning definitely, absolutely, completely, totally, utterly, and entirely. It's not the 21st century version of the word surely, as in, well, if you switch it off and on again, then surely it'll work, where surely means the exact opposite. That's surely, 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 absolutely, totally, definitely, completely. I mean, it's been put in as an extra. Even if it didn't say surely, it would still be pretty cool. But this is to reassure you, to build your faith, that he will save you from the things you can't see. Unseen traps, unseen dangers that you aren't aware of, he will save you. I should apologize right now, I'm going to go through this at warp speed, so I'm not going to do it justice. If you've studied this in any way, shape or form, I apologize. Um, his faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Shield is this round here that you would see if you were fighting sword and shield. Rampart is just anything that's thrown in your general direction and you stay in the tower perfectly safe. So it will protect you from things generally lobbed in your direction and ones that are targeted you specifically. You are safe. Safe, safe, safe. We'll come back to the wings later. Uh, hold that thought. There is more. There is even more. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys, destroys at midday. I'm not going to tell you what these represent today. These are the four big, baddest, scariest things in Old Testament times. I'm not going to tell you what they mean to you. I'm not here to feed your fear. I'm here to grow your faith. You know what they are. That's fine. The four most important words in this verse on this screen are not arrow, pestilence, terror, and plague. The four most important words on that screen are you will not fear. You will not fear. I will not fear. If you've read verse 2 out to yourself out loud... Surely, uh, no, 
um, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, and so on and so on. You can say this as well. I will not fear. Fear is not an inevitable consequence of your surroundings and your circumstances. It is, it is a choice. I'm preaching to me as well as you. It is a choice. It is optional. It is not required. It is not mandatory. It might be your default, but it is not required, essential, that you are, um, have to have that action in light of all these things. The second, second thing about these, this verse is that danger is all around all the time. It's present, day, night, midnight, midday, lurking around the corner all the time, everywhere. Third point, so is God. And God is vigilant and God will look out for you. We better get moving. I've realized there's a timer ticking away. A thousand may fall at your right hand, uh, so your side. Ten thousand at your right hand, but will not come near you. Will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. There is a convention among Old Testament scholars that if a psalm doesn't have an author, then it's attributed to the person who wrote the previous one. I didn't know that. Interesting. Psalm 91 doesn't have an author. Psalm 90, in this case, was written by Moses. And if you read this, in light of Moses, with the Israelites in the land of Goshen, where they were with the Egyptians, and they were, God was sending down plague and plague and pestilence and darkness and all that stuff, this makes more sense. Because a thousand did fall at their side and ten thousand at their right hand. God showed his power, his long arms, across all of Egypt, but not where the Israelites were. Not where they were, did not come near them. Did not come near them. So whether it was David who wrote this or Moses who wrote this, it will not come near you. You can watch it on the news. You can see disasters and famines and floods and fires and it's all going on. Will not come near you. You will only see what happens, but it will not come near you. Better get moving again. If you say, the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling, no harm, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent. This is the verse that gives me big feelings. Um, because... If you say, it's like when they get a competition and they show you a previous winner. Yeah, I won £10,000 on the postcode lottery. I did this. And they get someone else to come in and say, how good it is. Is this good? Um, if you make the most high your dwelling, no harm, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For some reason, I haven't worked out why, I resonate with more with disaster than all the other stuff in the rest of the psalm. Will not come near your tent. Nowhere. Your household, your entire household, where you live, is entirely safe just by virtue of you living in it. Imagine that. Um, and your tent is where you live. It could be a ha ha house, flat, apartment, or whatever. But the thing about tents is they move. And you can, that's the whole point. Um, I've not been in a tent, not slept in a tent for over 30 years. Um, I don't like camping, <laughs> which is obviously before you were born, and before some of you were born as well. But the principle applies, and tents move. So you are perfectly safe in your tent, in your dwelling. That's wonderful. We've all tried staying in our tents and our dwellings, and it wasn't much fun. But the great thing is, you can take your tent with you, and you can move, as we discover in the next verse. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands, so you'll not strike your foot against a stone. This verse has got movement written all over it. Absolutely, totally. You cannot strike your, stone, strike your foot against a stone standing still. See? But you must be moving. You've got to, in order for this to apply, you're moving you're going around, doing your thing, not striking your foot against a stone, being lifted and carried as you go. So you're impervious to any harm while you're at home. You are totally impervious to any dangers while you're on the move. It's a wonder we don't all have invincibility complexes. We think we're all totally amazing, totally wow, got it made, absolutely nothing can stop me. And 
even the first verses where we talk about being under the shadow of his wing, people tend to think that's kind of stationary and there's a, the prevailing picture of being tucked in under a mother hen's wing and all that stuff. But you're also safe when you're moving. Can I have my picture, please? I love this picture. I nicked it specifically from YouTube. But this gentleman here is under the shadow of that guy's wing and he is perfectly safe. He is totally safe. He is doing about 400 miles an hour, 400 feet, and he is safe in one of the most dangerous places in the world. He is totally safe. So there we are. Just in case you thought that all this applied to being safe and physically safe at home, no, you can be somewhere completely dangerous. Having said that, there is small print to this competition. Because, there must be, because the devil quoted these verses to Jesus. Jesus went and uh, was baptized in the Jordan, was... Uh, came up out of the water and God said, this is my son, I love him, I'm well pleased. Jesus went off into the wilderness for 40 days, fasted, came back, and the devil tempted him three times. The third temptation, we'll have the verses on the screen, um, Jesus, sorry, the devil took Jesus up to the top of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, like what just said so, then throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Hmm, Matthew. Just to be clear, we have it in Luke as well. Luke recounts the same story. For it is written, uh, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against the stone. Interesting, because that appears to be what it said. I've put the original on and I've asked Rachel to put them all side by side. Because you can see, if you look at the original, <clears throat> he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. It's not there. In all your ways, they will lift you up in their hands so you not strike your foot against the stone. You can go and do, sorry, Jesus knew what his, all his ways were. It was preaching, teaching, healing, miracles, walking on water, you name it. That was Jesus' ways. Jesus' ways did not include base jumping off the temple. It was not in his remit. It was not required. You can do dangerous things if that is part of your ways. That pilot is trained to do that crazy flying. You can't expect God to come up and say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'll send my angels to protect you while you do this thing that you're not even supposed to be doing. What are you doing? It's just not... Not what, it's, not what it's about. Having said all that, the devil did not pick this verse out of the entirety of the Old Testament completely at random. He's after absolutely something a lot, lot bigger, a lot, lot more. Because if you are the son of God, then you can throw yourself down off this temple. If you don't throw yourself down off this temple, are you really the son of God? Could you really do it anyway? And could you even do what's written in the next verse? Which is, please, Rachel, you will tread on the lion and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. You see, this discussion has been going on for a long time. Way back, way, way back in Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve get evicted from the Garden of Eden for sinning. And God says to the devil, and Jesus is there too, you will, he, sorry, uh, I will put enmity between their offspring and you, serpent. You, he will crush your head and you will bite, strike his heel. Mm. The devil was there, he got that. The devil saw this in Psalm 91 and says, I don't blinking think so. So Jesus comes down, is declared the son of God, and the devil says, right, if you think you're the son of God, then all that that we've just seen thousands of years before still stands, I'm going to have you for it. And he says, are you sure you're the son of God? Uh, you know, because if you are, then all this thing about throwing yourself off the temple, yeah, 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 angels, and all this as well. And I've read that, and I don't think I like it very much. And Jesus says, tough, it's the word of God, and it still stands. So... As this applies to us, if we stay in our ways, where God has directed us to go, then one day we'll turn around from the path we've walked along and see squished serpents and trampled lions where we've been 
just by virtue of just doing what we're supposed to do and what God's called us to do. This applies to us. This is victory on the move. I better get flying. I am so far over. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so that's what's there. And that's why the devil didn't pick that out at random and say, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll have you for that. We'll finish up very quickly. When I won my prize, especially the, the Star Wars track won the exhibition, the guy rang up and said, congratulations, you were the winner. Um, is that David Lees? Yes, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've won. And this is what you've won. You've got a family ticket, blah, blah, blah. This is the competition organizer contacting you and saying, you've won. Because he loves me, says the Lord, the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the bit where you could put your name in the box. And I encourage you to do this. I am so far over time, it's not funny. But I'll do it once and you'll see how it works because this will put miracle grow on your faith and weed killer on your fears. <clears throat> because Dave loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Dave. I will protect Dave for he acknowledges my name. Dave will call on me and I will answer Dave. I will be with Dave in trouble. I will deliver Dave and honor Dave. With long life, I will satisfy Dave and show him my salvation. Oh, I recommend you try that. It's good for you. So, I really need to wrap up. What that verse shows is that if you, and that verse and the Psalm and verse 2, if you put and keep God in his rightful place, he will keep you in yours. And that's a deal worth having. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>